And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Be the best and you gotta pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do the little extra things and get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co host, Rich Hammond Rich. How we doing? Jordan, as we sit here, I'm going to go through the library and see if I can find a book called Attitude is Everything. Aww. Because that's Brandon Powell's book, right? Yeah, I loved it. It was great. He sh- I want him to start a book club. Yeah. Like, I would I would join that. Like, it, Listen, I, I want to do so what this great. guy's doing because he's, he's figured something out here, Jordan. Big Rams win over the Vikings yesterday as we record here on Monday morning to get to 11 wins, to get to a playoff spot to get to first place in the NFC West. Still a little ways to go, of course. But I thought that was really big, Jordan. Uh, That punt return at a time when things were starting to go a little bit sideways. And the Rams get a good special teams play. Oh my goodness. We're starting starting a podcast with a positive special teams play for the first time in 11 (laughs) personnel history. I think that this is a momentous occasion. Um, I hope... All of you guys are enjoying your holiday break. I hope you still are on a holiday break. Uh, we took a very brief podcasting holiday break uh, because of not sure if you guys heard, but there was a massive, uh, a massive series of situations there with the Rams. So all their scheduling was was out of whack, and then the holiday comes up. So we just decided once we get a normal week back under our feet, here we go, and we're back. So thank you guys for bearing with us. We hope you all had, if you celebrate, we hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Um, if you celebrate any other holidays, we hope you really had a, a great one of those or, or series of those. And we're rolling into the new year and the Rams are rolling into the postseason, apparently, which that was in Brandon Powell's play, 61 yard touch punt return for a touchdown. The first Rams punt return for a touchdown since Tavon Austin. Rich. Jeez, I was trying to remember. Six yeah. years. Six years ago. And... Their ninth different punt or kick returner uh, of the season. And he, I hope for their sake, sticks. He seems like he will. Just a really pleasant young man. Um, really, really awesome presser. If you guys haven't gone and watched his postgame presser, it was just fantastic. Um, and it just was exactly what the Rams needed at a time they needed it most. And I think at a time where he seemed so close to breaking one out in that way, uh, his debut with the Rams was a 65-yard return against Jacksonville, and he seems so close. And moreover, these guys seem to really like blocking for him and seem to think that he really can make something happen every every time he gets the ball in his hands. And that makes a difference, too. And you could see how savvy he is in this phase. He pointed out his blockers for some of his downfield guys as he was returning the punt for a touchdown, flips into the end zone, um, absolutely crushes the press conference afterward, gets a game ball, Brandon Powell, I hope he sticks around for the Rams for a long time. What a find. Yeah, very cool. And, and a huge moment in that game, too. I mean, that was a, a period where uh, it was 13 to 10. Rams were still winning, but it was uh, part of the uh, part of the Matthew Stafford uh, turnover uh, parade. 
where he'd gone two consecutive possessions with interceptions, and the Rams then went with three and out, so they were not moving the ball uh, at all, and uh, it really gave them that little separation that they needed that ended up being very, very important uh, at the end of the game, too. So, look, Jordan, you mentioned the, the, the weird week there, and, I mean, weird doesn't even begin to describe everything that's going on in the world and in the NFL, but, you know, to, to take a step back, I mean, for the Rams to get two wins there, and, and going back to the pre previous game um also the big uh, the big tuesday night uh football game uh that was not scheduled uh, initially um to get those two wins with everything that was going on the guys going on the covid list injuries weird schedule you know having to practice and travel around the holidays when you have families even something like that uh, to get those two wins i i don't think you can overstate how important that was and and really how good it was for the rams to get those two wins there's a lot of excuses in there a lot of things that they could point at and say oh well there was this there was that um, but no they went out and they took care of business and and they got two wins so like you said actually on top uh, first place in in the NFC West We'll see what happens in these last two weeks with uh, games at Baltimore and then uh, against the dreaded San Francisco 49ers to close the season. Uh, But like you said, Jordan, headed to the playoffs and story that you've been on since the beginning. You broke this story, which was only a few weeks ago. It feels like it was about two and a half years ago, but I know it was only a few weeks ago that Cam Akers, Rams running back, would be able to come back at some point, even though he tore his Achilles this year. Uh, Jordan, what's the update on that? And when do you think it might be realistic to see Cam Akers out there? Yeah, so, you know, the Rams can't get through a week without making some news in some way. Uh, This time, very much for the positive. Uh, Last week, late in the week, Cam Akers was able to have his first practice with the team since tearing his Achilles in July. In October, I spoke with Sean McVay exclusively for The Athletic on this particular situation because Sean McVay was adamant, no, this guy is going to return for us if we make the playoffs. Cam Akers will be playing for us in the playoffs. And so his timeline, to me, that's where it stays. Now, he was activated um, a couple weeks prior, and he obviously he was activated Saturday technically, and that meant, means it's a couple weeks prior to the playoffs. My understanding is that he was activated to the to the fifty three man roster because in doing so he qualifies for an extra credit for his pension, a full tenure for a season. So that gives him an extra pension credit. So kind of a classy move in my opinion by the Rams there. Um, you know, making sure that. After football, he's getting what he needs to get, considering especially, you know, it's not his fault he got hurt, and it's obviously an unfortunate situation. But activating him three games early, uh, to me, just was just a sort of a hat tip. They really appreciate him. And every time you hear people talk about this guy, Rich, and Sean, like, it's almost like he's talking about, like, his kid. Like, he really – he, they, everybody just loves this guy, and Cam is a wonderful person and um, in, an insane athlete, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he does come back from this. I think um, the, 
the first priority is obviously safety, and that's what these next couple of weeks of practice are going to be about, is making sure he can actually take carries and take contact and do all of those things. And even then, into the playoffs, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, Cam Akers is going to, you know, explode for 300 yards in three playoff games. You know, like, I, I'm not saying that at all. I think, though, that having him as an as a threat, having him as an option – does give teams something to plan for. And it gives the Rams some security. You know, we're going to talk a lot today about running the ball. And <laughs> and I think I would just continue to urge people to remember they have one healthy running back. I mean, Jake Funk is back, but he's largely contributing on special teams. And yes, they will continue to utilize him as a depth running back. And probably next season is when you'll see him start to really work into a depth role. But you know, he's also coming back from kind of a major hamstring injury, which again was that kind of got lost too. another remarkable recovery um, that was characterized as season ending when it first happened. So they desperately needed him back on special teams. He was healthy enough to come back to special teams and take care of business. He's already made an impact there. Um, he took out the gunner on the return, which you guys go back and watch is really fun. All the layers of that for Brandon Powell's return was really fun to watch. Um, huge impact already, but again, you don't necessarily expect him to also be hugely impactful in the run game right now. Poor Daryl Henderson, um, hurt his knee yesterday. Um, my understanding is that the hope is that it's a minor knee sprain. They're not sure yet. He had to obviously get on a plane and get back to Los Angeles before they could test him out any further. And so we're kind of waiting on updates from Sean McVay in that regard on that and other injuries. Um, I know you guys are all curious about Ernest Jones with the, with the ankle um, and Brian Allen with the knee. Still waiting on updates from McVay later this afternoon. It's Monday morning when we're recording. But going back to the other, my word of caution is the Rams do only have one healthy running back. His name is Sony Michelle. Uh, he is outstanding. He owns the month of December. Well, we will get into all of that. But as we preface all of this conversation and think about what Cam Akers does mean, what a return does mean in the postseason, um, yeah, this is huge. This is major. And regardless of whether he can only do seven to ten touches a game, it still does give so many things um, for a defense to account for. And it also helps, I think, Sony keep fresh legs and – that's not something he has through the month of December. He certainly does not have the ability to keep fresh legs because he is not only the workhorse, the lead back, but he is also, um, you know, taking the entire carry share at this point um, because Daryl Henderson has just been struggling. Um, first was on the COVID reserve list and and then had the the knee injury after uh, one, you know, one carry, which was a great carry yesterday. But again, cannot build something cohesive if you can't keep the guy on the field. So, um, Rich, before we get into all of this, I do want to say, I think it'd be fair. I think in fairness here, because through the month of November, those dreary, dreary days of November, um, the Rams are, are, have not lost a game and did not lose a game in December. They will exit gracefully the month of December, not having lost a game and also having completely overhauled parts of their offense, uh, which we have talked about, on this podcast a few times, but also have retooled and and sort of sort of sunk into an identity on defense. Special teams is coming along at the right time. And a lot of it is uh, kind of head spinning to think about these last three weeks because really it's been since the second week of December. So all of this 
chaos first started, um, they started having players go on the COVID reserve list in the days leading up to their win at Arizona. And then it just spiraled uh, and just ballooned into something insane. And then, you know, they're still dealing with that and then the rescheduling and the short week and all of that. So the guys that they are winning with, because we saw in November that teams were very much picking on the complementary players in this team build, and we spent some time discussing this team build, I do think that it's fair to sort of start out the meat of this podcast talking about the guys that they they won with, that they've been winning with, despite these adverse circumstances and, and all of this reshuffling, sometimes happening mid-drive, as, as was the case yesterday. And now I think it's fair that we talk about what the, the the sort of bright spots that this team build has produced, but as in a way where they've also better maximized their efficient use of these players, in my opinion. Like the two can't exist by themselves. Like we always talk about, this is a ecosystem. This is a hand-in-hand thing. This team build, if the coaches aren't putting the players, maximizing the, the players' abilities and putting them in these positions to be successful and, you know, really getting into the granular stuff of the coaching up and, and the, the, uh, the personnel building, you know, on a player-by-player level – that doesn't work. You you can have all the the players who could be something that you want. If you don't know, if you're not putting them in a position to be successful and really using your roster, then you don't know. So I I think that was one of the most underratedly outstanding things they did through the month of December. And I do think it's fair that we talk about it. No question about it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there, there are so many potential excuses here. So many things that if the Rams had lost these last two games, you could have pointed at and said, well, they had to deal with this. They had to deal with this position group being thin. They had to deal with this injury. Uh, and they played through all that, and, and they did very well. Um, I'm sure I will forget a couple names, Jordan, so please chime in, too. The, the first thing that comes to mind to me is the offensive line uh, and mm-hmm. just all the shuffling. And when you talk about having to do things within a game or within a drive, I mean, that's exactly what happened yesterday uh, with Brian Allen going down and Coleman Shelton, who's you know still trying to get comfortable at guard. And then they say, all right, now go play center, uh, which he obviously knows how to do uh and he's left-handed yeah. i can't get so over Matthew that stafford <laughs> like has you- to deal with that during a game you know yeah it's it's <laughs> i know that is the funniest thing i can't yeah, get over yeah. it like i don't that might be one of my favorite details of the year like you have to switch from a right-handed snapper to a left-handed snapper right. like mid-drive right. i mean that's yeah from one play to the next yeah um but you know does a great job and again credit Matthew Stafford for dealing with that during a game too um and then AJ Jackson comes in at tackle and it got to a point where I even forgot he was in the game you know because things were going fine there he was he was holding up uh uh, very well so uh that that's one thing that comes to top of mind because that that could have really fallen apart on them over the last couple weeks with all of these you know being down to your third string right tackle not having Andrew Whitt worth in this game having injuries at center having to move guys all around that's a nightmare and uh, and they were able to get through that uh, really well and you know on the defensive side of the ball uh, you know even you, you wrote about it in your, in your column Jordan the the pile which is online the athletic app and website so please read that now but uh, a guy who's been getting some grief Troy Reader comes in and, and plays a, a good game uh, Traven Howard comes in when when they have the injury uh, and uh, turn his 
Jones and and he makes some plays, which I've always been a Traven Howard fan. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what was going on there with him. And there were some injuries, but I, I always liked his potential. But but to see him step in there and and play well, uh, I think was very important to the Rams. So uh, obviously we've talked a lot about great gains coming in and great yeah, gains. and you know just just uh, the the value that he has brought into that defensive front so uh, yeah I mean it, it goes down the line and then we, talk, we spent time talking about Brandon Powell another one who uh, is you know not somebody who was a draft pick not somebody who was really even on the depth chart uh, and then comes in and as, as the you know the, the 12 days of Rams returners uh, we finally got to, to number nine Brandon Powell and uh, and he makes it big so yeah who else did I forget there Jordan because uh, yeah because yeah. it, it goes it peels back even further it starts honestly it's starts with Jacksonville when they overhauled their run blocking sure. plan and Sony Michelle obviously Sony Michelle was an addition who was sort of um addition by desperation mm-hmm. at a certain point where the Rams traded picks late round picks for him man that feels like years ago at this point but I still remember I remember covering that and um the Rams like tried to do something creative with the comp picks in the league like shut it All down right. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, guys, Um, the league's just not ready, man. That's kind of the sentiment that I got from that. Um, But, yeah, no, Sony, I mean, picking first of all, picking the right running back, picking the right running back to re and then rebuilding to maximize what he does well, Um, loading up. They obviously have had haven't been able to go back to it as frequently as they did in that Jacksonville game in light of all of their uh, COVID list additions, missing extra tackles here and there and extra tight ends here and there. Um, But loading up in heavier sets, 12 personnel and jumbo sets, using guys who are not Tyler Higbee, um, using Joe Noteboom, using guys who are just kind of sitting on your roster, twiddling their thumbs, talented players or players with potential, um, expecting more from tight ends, Kendall Blanton and and, uh, Bryson Hopkins. And I think that those that's that was something underrated that was necessary through that first part of December in order to get them out of this lull and, and out of that those bleak days. Um, building around your back who can do the things you need to do through the month of December and into the playoffs. Um, not just trying to continue to fit square pegs into round holes. You know, I asked Sean McVay about this when training camp started and they lost Cam Akers. You guys, this is the run blocking plan that they wanted to do, that they expected to do. Sean McVay was adamant about wanting to do more of the downhill stuff, more of the gap power stuff, but you mix it in too because K-Makers can do all of it. Um, He could go downhill, but he can also – he's very explosive. He can do some of that outside stuff. So you you were building a a run blocking plan that sort of matched that and then, you know, then he gets hurt and then you change and, and, you know, he – could say as much as he wanted about not having to deviate that from that plan. Um, I didn't believe it at the time and you saw it. And, and so I think choosing, first of all, choosing the back and, and doing one thing really, really well. If they're not asking, they've done a couple outside runs with Sony and they've been great. And there's been some great seals and, and edges and things like that found by Cooper cup in the blocking game, um, especially last night. And so they, it's not like they've completely gone away from that. But they've picked the thing that Sony does really, really well, which is run one cut downhill back um, who falls forward instead of backwards when he's hit, who just is real nasty in the second level, who keeps churning, who just has that steadiness. And they said, all right, we're going to flood that lane. We're going to do that. We're not going to try to do too much. We're going to do that. And that also involved 
more of their personnel who, like I said, are again, just sitting there on the roster who could be of use or could be of help, but you just didn't know earlier in the season because they weren't being used. And so um, you have that. Then you have guys on the other side of the ball. Um, you have, well, on special teams, he, you have Ben Skoranek on the offense who I think has shown some positive impact on offense um he also is good for like one penalty a game so um there's that also you know it's a learning curve for him I do think that the the they really really like him and and I think you're expected to make mistakes you just maybe don't want to make some of the types of mistakes that he has made um so then you 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 think on the other side of the ball you think about uh Dante Dion, who's made some two two weeks you know made some outstanding plays Darius Williams has I think his play has shifted for the positive from where it was earlier in the season. Um, and and these guys, these are guys you really, really need. Justin Holland's coming back and just being very versatile and stout in the run game. Um, you know, that's part of the team build as well. These guys who um, – and Ernest Jones. I mean, what a – Ernest Jones, what a find. I mean, you knew – like, he was Les Snead's favorite pick, and you knew why immediately talking to him and watching his tape and all of this – they really comped him to Jordan Fuller. They used a lot of the things they learned from scouting Jordan Fuller in terms of some of that data matching to film and all of that. Um, they learned a lot of things from that process that they then applied to scouting Ernest Jones um, in terms of, of body position and vision, things like that. Um, outstanding player, outstanding player for them. And, you know, you you hope that he can return for them at some point. But he's a part of their team build, too. He's a third round pick like you know, don't don't let it be forgotten that most of these guys are third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, undrafted free agents, which is why we t- we keep saying the words team build, because these are all, quote unquote, complimentary players who have stepped up over the last couple of weeks and really made such a difference, had such an impact. And yes, the stars have played for the most part. Uh, Matthew Stafford's last game aside, the stars have played like stars. And that's important. That's huge. But also that what we're talking about here with these other guys that was so lacking in November was that extra layer of substance that substance and it's it's uh physically represented the, the it's it's always really nice as a writer when the metaphor you talk about is actually physically manifested and represented in something that they're doing it's represented in the run game it's it there's substance there there's steadiness there and it's now, to me, being represented in improved special teams play. There is substance from the bottom of the roster is playing better than it was. Um, and it's also, for me, has been through the month of December and, and in parts in November as well even, definitely being demonstrated in what this defense is doing now and the identity that it's sort of found within all the chaos. And I think, and I'm sort of tongue-in-cheek, the only thing I worry about now is, okay, so do you just have to have have everything be completely chaotic in order for you to sort of because <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we talk about how these guys sometimes like this front office they'll just like introduce catalysts into their own system so that they grow right and i'm kind of like okay so are we becoming a little sociopathic now like do we think <laughs> are we are we purposefully now going to try to introduce catalysts into our system because that's where we thrive or, or right what? it's but, an, it's an um, interesting I'm point tongue-in-cheek there but, no yeah. be, because you look back i mean what was the big disappointment of the last you know few weeks here is the the green bay game coming out of the bye week and you thought oh everything's nice and stable they get a bye week to calm down and look at everything and then they just came out and and you know we're largely crap 
And uh, and now you put them in this, like you said, chaotic situation where everything is just going crazy and, you know, all these moving parts and, and they they then look calm. You know, they then look like, OK, we got this. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that I guess maybe there is something to that. You have to introduce, you know, throw a snake in the locker room or something. It's and, like very per- specific personality type. Yeah. Thrive it's like in when chaos. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like when when Matthew Stafford is like uh, almost like some of his his angry throws that he makes come after he gets hit. Right. Some of his best throws that he's made all season come after he has gotten hit or something is, has angered him in some way. And you're kind of like, uh oh, man, like, now don't maybe welcome the hits. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know? but, but Jordan, I, I don't want your point to get lost there in, in our in our in our yeah. fun because I, I think it's a I think it's a really really important point and and maybe the 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 point going forward for the rest of the season with the Rams and and because the thing is you know what you're going to get by and large from your top players right with the Rams you know what you're going to get from Aaron Donald and oh by the way. That guy's just ridiculous. I mean, I know we talk about it every week, but that that was really I'm, I'm, I'm going to get myself on my own tangent here. But but just real quickly, I thought that was one of Aaron Donald's best all around games that I had seen in a long time because he didn't pile up the sacks. I think he only had one, but he was so disruptive in that game. And and, and he, I thought he was going to take a snap from the center. I, That's how deep in the backfield. He it was, was ridiculous. It was utterly yeah. ridiculous what he was doing out there. But but the that, and but that goes to my point, which is that week to week, you you pretty much know what you're going to get from Aaron Donald. You know what you're going to get from Jalen Ramsey. You know what you're going to get from Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, eh, maybe a little bit less so, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But but you know that there's possibility. You know, you know what the skill level is. You know what the ceiling is. But so so you know what you're going to get from those guys. It's these other guys that we're talking about. They are the ones who are going to make the difference because when they play well, you see what happens. When they don't play well, you see what happens. And what you've been seeing over the last couple of weeks is a lot of these guys have stepped up. And you know, credit the coaching staff too. As much as at least I am critical sometimes, uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy to find out how all these puzzle pieces have to fit together and you know not only individually but collectively uh, to make that work so I think they've done a better job of that over these last couple weeks here of of, you know finding out where is Sony Michelle's best fit where how does this offensive line fit together what should we do at linebacker Uh, all of these things so I I think they've they've done a good job there Um, and it's it is all fit together but yeah it's got to continue because if you see a dip uh, if if you see a dip from some of these guys, then hey, you got to play Baltimore this week. You got to play San Francisco the week after. Then you're in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder from here. So they have reached a point where they, I, I think, feel pretty good, uh, and and they should feel pretty good based on uh, the results of the last couple of weeks. But uh, but it's it's still got to maintain. Um, Jordan, you mentioned the defense. It, look at this point. <laughs> I, I saw a, a, a little uh, a, a little look ahead. I I had fun on on Twitter. Poor Jordan woke up this morning to a bunch of uh, New Year's resolutions uh, that I had asked uh, Rams fans to send in. But you know, I got a couple in there that said, you know, fire Raheem Morris, and I'm like. I, I understand people have dug in on this on some level and and you have to be proven correct. I understand how social media works. You you have stuck to your uh, opinion and, and you have to be proven correct. Uh, but but if you if your takeaway from this game and your takeaway from the last couple weeks, from, yeah, from the last month is that the Rams 
have to fire Raheem Morris. I just don't know what to tell you. I don't want to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. But if your takeaway from from a game in which the Rams, in which Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions, uh, two of which were on consecutive drives to start the second half, uh, and and they only give up 23 points, three of which I think were at the very end there on that giveaway field goal. If your takeaway from that is that is that you need to make big changes on defense, I just don't know what to tell you. Uh, you really should be encouraged at this point that you're seeing some positive uh, momentum from that defense uh, across really across all of the positions. You're seeing great gains develop. You're seeing better play at linebacker. You're seeing a guy like Traven Howard be able to step in. You're seeing Leonard Floyd be a beast out there, which we hadn't even mentioned his name yet on the podcast, but another guy who played a fantastic game. Um, you're seeing good play from the secondary. I don't know what to tell you. Like if, if you're if you're still sitting there complaining about the defense right now, I, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you you're dumb because everybody is entitled to their opinion. I just don't know what to tell you anymore. Well, that's courteous of you, Thank Rich. You. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
this defense is in once again DVOA stuff is not out yet. I would assume they're in within if not close to top ten. Um, they certainly were last week. They were uh, sixth in EPA per play, uh, which is not only outstanding uh, it, it, because it measures you know situational metrics and things like that as its composite, but it also um, it also is a jump from where they started in some of the, you know, kind of iffy months, you know, weeks of September, October, where at one point their lowest was like 23 or something like that. Um, you, we, you knew there was going to be a dip and then they would find themselves. This is a group that's, again, it's remarkably secure in itself and it's well coached. And I think what you're not, what we're not talking about so much, which we probably should be talking about more is some of the adjustments that you've seen. Um, they're rushing really well with four. I don't want to hear about Von Miller's sack numbers. I swear to God he gets asked about his sacks in every press conference. I do not want to hear about it anymore because, like, yeah, you, you want to see that. He wants to see that. Everybody who appreciates the game of football wants to see Von Miller, any outside linebacker, rack up the numbers in that regard. What he's doing, though, is so effective to the whole, which is why the Rams brought him into the fold. Um, they believe the sacks will come. Again, they're hoping this is a longer-term relationship with Von Miller than just one year, and they're hoping that at that point, as you retool some things, the sacks will come. Maybe in the postseason, the sacks will come. Um, got his first one the other day. The The thing that's really important is the Rams can rush with four and blockers are acquired. Blockers are acquired by him, first of all, at a very high rate. He is playing his ass off in the run, which that's super underrated quality of his game as well. Um, The Rams are outstanding, excelling at in run stop win rate right now um heading into the area was it Arizona maybe it was Se- heading into the Seattle game they were first in pass rush win rate and run stop win win rate and this is coming off of the Cardinals who have Kyler Murray and James Conner and so you know this is this is a group that's playing its buns off essentially Von Miller is is doing it he was he's a missing piece in the way that he he unlocks a lot of what these other guys are able to do. He's acquiring people similarly not to the same level but similarly to how Aaron Donald does attract more than one blocker. Von Miller is also it's necessary to put the, that type of of plan against Von Miller and that brings you so much of a mathematical advantage not just for your defensive front in freeing up other guys um, but also on the back end, this has allowed his presence, his ad here has allowed them to do so many more things on the back end with their secondary that if you watch closely, you can see unfold. And it's not just about they week over week over week have, I think, since Green Bay really have really come up with outstanding plans for Jalen Ramsey's placement. Um, he also is, it sounds like, you know, he was moving in and out of calls Last week, uh, when some of the when Dante Dion made his his really good play, um, the pass breakup, the the deep pass breakup, um, Jalen Ramsey was the one who put them in that call. Um, you know, it's it's such a partnership in what they're able to do now in the secondary, and they're doing different things. Um, Taylor Rapp is playing in the box more on on known passing downs. Taylor Rapp is playing in the box more as a quote unquote extra linebacker, sort of. 
um, joker hybrid safety player alongside an extra linebacker. So the extra linebacker can sort of, which usually was Ernest Jones, can sort of rove the middle of the field and contain in um, spaces. You know, if the quarterback gets out to the perimeter of the flat, you saw this with Ernest Jones in contain. Um, you Taylor Rapp is is kind of causing a mess and chaos at the line of scrimmage or able to do that while, the, while Ernest Jones is able to do what he does really well, which is go sideline to sideline at a far greater speed than I think anybody thought uh, when they saw his 40 time, which is again, why we don't like 40 times. Um, And I think it's, and they're doing so many things with their rotation in the deeper parts of the field. And um, it's just, it's a lot of that is because they only have to rush four. And um, to me, that's not just a, you know, a player ad in Vaughn and, but also it's, it's getting him into the system. It's, setting up guys to be successful. Um, now I've gone on a rant here, but this is not the, <laughs> the defense is not the issue. And, you know, this morning and, and through the next couple of weeks, Raheem Morris will be mentioned in chatter for head coaching positions. He will. Um, the dude is a really, really good coach. And you knew that there was going to be a bit of a drop and it was a little bit steeper drop, I think, at times. And I even wrote about it at times in terms of the explosives that were allowed, certain things like that. There are still weak points in this defense. It's just that I I think that they are now adjusting better. I think that they are containing better. Um, their explosive play allowance has gone way down over the last couple of weeks, even though they've played teams that, again, are capable of being very explosive. And I think that this it, – it's, it's – the defense held them steady yesterday um, – in in a time when, I mean, 10 points off of three sudden change situations, three turnovers, um, two that were deep within their own territory, backed them up deep against the end zone and the goal line, um, and, and ten po- three points off of those situations, 10, 10 point, well, uh, no, uh, 10 points off of those situations, those three situations total. And this is not, this is not the issue. I, like... I don't know. Twitter sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, Twitter sucks. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know what the expectation is. I mean, if we're, if we're still going off the expectation that this is the the 2020 Rams defense, you know, number one in the NFL, then yeah, I guess we're always going to be bound to be disappointed. Yeah, like, you know what? And you and here's the thing. And I do want to add this. I'm not I'm not um, dumping on anybody. Like, right. fine, everybody's got their own set of thumbs and uh, keypad or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, feel 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 your feelings, right? But I just feel like it's 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 that is not the hill right now. No, it really is. Especially isn't. especially because there there are still gonna be things to criticize about this scheme. Sometimes they do creep back a little bit too far. Yes, I also agree with that and it gets a little too Tampa Tui. Um, and it's rhymes with ratatouille and, um, it gets a little bit too much looking like that, but really, I mean, they, they have adjusted at this point in the season into doing more of the assertive things that work and less of the extraneous things that don't work. They're not blitzing Jalen Ramsey really anymore. They're not doing just dumb shit like that, that just doesn't work. And it's just extra because they weren't getting enough pressure, you know, This because people were just figuring – people were blocking the heck out of some of their guys. And they're not – you know, they're stopping the run really effectively, which limits ball control. 
um, limits ball control teams from from trying to pick away at them. Um, they're also not, you know, they did turn it over yesterday, but they had a lead when they started turning the ball over. So they could still sort of at least, um, you know, they, they still were facing a team that wasn't going to sit there and try to um, put it on the ground and keep, and play keep away from them because they had a lead. So the other team had to pass. So it just it's all a bunch of a bunch of little things that's that are kind of coming together for this group. And um, I think that there were and are still there were certainly spaces to, to criticize. But you also obviously want to criticize with the understanding that this wasn't going to be an identical system. Right. It wasn't going to be they're going to there's a learning curve and a regression curve that you have to overcome in that regard. And then at one point in November, your offense was not doing enough to lift up that sort of regression curve. And, and honestly, I think that that put the defense in a position with its back against the wall where it had to grow and it had to sort of reconfigure its identity. And it also had to adjust and change and develop. And that's what I think you're seeing now. And, and honestly, I mean, that's football. So yeah, they they were um, they were in the in the bowels of certain phases of the defense. Were sort of in the bowels of the NFL earlier in the season, and that was fine to criticize with the understanding that it probably wasn't going to stay that way. You'd be concerned. You'd be really concerned if it did stay that way. It it hasn't. So I think that that does show um, that it's impressive to me, especially kind of doing that during the season and, and doing that, continuing to adjust and adapt. Um, to me, that's become sort of a staple of this team um, in most phases. Now, some of them I know we're going to get to uh, still haven't quite gotten there, but I think it's that's been a staple of this team. And I don't know why that set me off just now. I'm not like, uh, you know, I, I've, I've done my fair share of criticizing this defense, right. but I think that they should get their flowers as well for what they've accomplished. And I also don't think that by any means, you come out of that game yesterday saying that's the problem. Yeah, that's what got me. Yeah, I just I, I don't understand. It's 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 fair to be, and and by the way, it's it's fair to still be skeptical because the the job isn't done. And e- even these last two weeks, I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on in, in Baltimore. I haven't looked that far ahead what their quarterback um, situations look like, but uh, that that's going to be a tough game. San Francisco has obviously given the Rams a lot of trouble uh, over the years, and then you get to the playoffs. Understatement. Yes, <laughs> and then and then you get to the playoffs, and there's a very good chance that if you want to achieve your ultimate goal, which is getting to the Super Bowl, that you're going to have to go through Green Bay, which is a team that gave the Rams defense a lot of trouble, and you might have to see Arizona mm-hmm. again. You might have to see Dallas. You might have to see Tampa Bay. Um, very good chance you're going to see at least two of those teams uh, in in the playoffs. So uh, it's it's not fixed. It's not like you sit here and go, okay, you know, wash your hands, clean your hands. The defense is now has now been fixed and taken care of. That's not really the point. The point is like, what is your what is your expectation uh, uh, for this? And and the, I think we knew all along that the defense was going to take uh, a, a bit of a step back uh, because of personnel, because of coaching changes, and just because of natural regression. Uh, the the question was going to be how big of a step back was it going to be. Um, 
And could they take it then a step forward after taking that step yeah, back? And and they have. Uh, and it's been a little it's been a little bit of a dance, right? It's been a little bit of a, you know, a, a tango or whatever you want to be. It's, it's not been linear. It's not been always backward and always forward. It's been a little sideways sometimes and around in a circle or whatever. But uh, but I, I think it's reached a point where you go, OK, this is this is comfortable. This is probably where they need to be uh, across the board. They need to stay healthy, getting Ernest Jones uh, hopefully, you know, being able to get him back will be important. Uh, getting good play from those corners will, will be important in the playoffs. Um, but but it's it's not something that you look at and go, oh, my goodness, this is what's going to. Uh, I, I, you look at yesterday's, yesterday's game and not to be, you know, too hot takey about it, but I'd be much more concerned about Matthew Stafford than than I am about anything that was going on uh, on defense because he, he certainly had his, his hot moments, but he, he also had his very, very cold moments and uh, you you can't have that type of inconsistency from your quarterback uh, when when you get to the playoffs I mean three three turnover they, they lost that turnover battle three to one and that as, as Sean McVay will tell you or any coach will tell you those aren't games you usually <laughs> win if you lose the turnover battle like that so you have to credit the Rams defense for like you said only giving up 10 points on those on those three turnovers I think the one drive um Minnesota started the Rams 11 and a, a quick change and, and only got a field goal out of it. And, and that's huge. Yeah. That's absolutely huge uh, uh, to be able to do that. So I get it. Not saying things are perfect, not saying you don't have to worry about anything, but um, it, it wouldn't be the focal point for me. It wouldn't be the, the thing that I'm looking at now and saying, oh, that is what is going to hold the Rams back or that's what's going to bounce them from the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure I'd look at that side of the ball right now, Jordan. Yeah, I yeah, but people, but people, you know, we this is this is the society, this is online uh, decorum where people do want to dig their heels in. So you know, you yeah. just kind of look at it and you're like, oh, and then you kind of just keep it pushing. Yeah. But I think uh, part of it is something you, you noted. I think, and and someone asked me this yesterday too. Like someone asked me if I was if I was concerned about Matthew Stafford, and actually, yesterday was not a good game. Let's be honest about right. that. Um, he missed several throws other than the ones that, you know, he turned when he turned the ball over and then one was the batted pass at the goal line. That was a, a pick and, uh, two just straight up interceptions. And, um, you know, I think to me, yeah, that's not great. Like his stat line looks pretty catastrophic, honestly, from, from yesterday. Um, at the same time though, I, d- I don't, I think there's such a huge difference than, how things could feel. And and I say that kind of being within it, right? Right, Like, um, first of all, I would be way more concerned about this right now. If the Rams had not established a really solid run plan with Sony Michelle and with an offensive line that was like, had shuffled around four different guys, six different times, you know, like I'd, I'd probably feel a lot more worried if that, if they had not established that, phase of their offense that gives them a steadiness and I think you feel that even when things get weird or chaotic like when when uh chaotic Matthew Stafford emerges um you know I I think that that's still something that they can take a step back they should uh take a step back and especially when they're playing with the lead like for example maybe you don't throw six times in the red zone um on consecutive drives uh and then that leads to two field goals instead of touchdowns. 
um, when you are running for six yards of carry at that point, maybe you maybe reevaluate some of that. Um, on the, on the other hand too, like I, I think with Matthew, I mean, he doesn't really get rattled either. Um, he doesn't kind of, uh, you always feel like there's a possibility there. And I think that's such a huge difference, um, in terms of where maybe they could be versus where they are, which is even when things are going haywire, you feel like, uh, okay, this next drive, they could turn it around or this next drive could be the one that, that fixes it. And yeah, if, I think could that, I, could I just, cause that, that was something I, I don't want to lose your point there because I, I think that's really important is he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't collapse is the thing about Matthew's No, death. he doesn't implode. Exactly. He may be chaotic. He may be chaotic as shit sometimes, right. but he doesn't, right. he doesn't implode. Right. Um, it's not a, it's not sort of, um, you don't see this like chasm open up on the field and everybody just fall into right, it. Right. right? Like, like it, it really is one of those things where, um, you continue that sense of possibility throughout that. That's, that's sort of a steady thread throughout, um, even his most chaotic games. Um, and I think that's something that you felt as soon as they started really building this thing in the spring, um, it's something that has been the most consistent since throughout this entire through, you know, at this point, you know, what, what, what is it? 300 days since, uh, 275 days since he's been in the building. Um, something like yeah. that. My math is always <laughs> bad as you guys know, but something like that. Right. And, um, just being there showing up. Um, and like, luckily, you know, now not really sure what this week's going to look like for in terms of access, but luckily um, for me being able to be there, that was the, for almost every single one of those days, like that, that's the feeling that you felt was a sense of possibility. And I think when you have that, but you also have like what we've been talking about this whole time, some substance underneath it as well from other phases, um, particularly, you know, small things like your run game and large things like actual other phases of your team in defense and special teams, I think that provides a little bit of support that I don't think there sh- this is something to panic about. Like, yeah, you can criticize it, definitely can criticize it. But I think that that's why I don't feel any panic from this group is because they know, they, they feel that sense of possibility and that sense of um, hyperactive correction that is happening. And that's a that's also a steadiness within itself. Again, within chaos, um, I might trademark chaotic Matthew Stafford. Yes, um, good Twitter but, account. Uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, someone. By the way, wow. just tangent. Someone made a. I laughed my ass off yesterday when I saw this. So a couple of weeks ago, we were giving Sean crap because um, we all every once in a while we joke. The reporters joke with Sean McVay about how. He definitely has a burner account on Twitter, uh, yeah. Um, but we just never ha- we haven't figured out what it is. Like, but we're certain like he definitely has a burner account on Twitter. Um, so I joked, I made a name for it. It's something like Miami O O one two zero zero one two. Somebody made that account, and they put a photoshopped picture of Sean in his Miami of Ohio uniform yeah. with a fake mustache and a hat on, like incognito. And I saw it yesterday, and I died. I oh my god, I laughed so hard. So whoever, whoever did that, uh, that that's, that's hilarious. Um, 
And thank you for listening uh, to the press conferences and probably the podcast. Right. And uh, that was freaking hilarious. Maybe um, that's Kevin anyway. O'Connell's burner. Maybe yeah, he created maybe it. <laughs> maybe it's like, yeah, it's like Zach Robinson or yeah. something, Kevin O'Connell. Um, but but uh, getting back on track, I, I do think that that's, you know, some of the things, too, you can see. You can see where the plan, what the plan's supposed to be and then how it fails. Like the third down, the third down missed throw, third and two. Bad throw, really, really bad throw, right? Missed Odell uh, downfield. Like, you could also argue that the call sucked on third and two um, to throw it 18 yards downfield. But also, the everything was there. Like, Odell was open. He was open by, you know, several feet, if not yards. Right. And the throw was there to be made. It was, it was there to be made. So it's kind of like some of those things where you can still see there are pieces of it that are still, even after this time, are still coming together, are still in the works. And and but that's the thing. There's that thread of of possibility. And possibility in itself, um, you might not think that it's something that you can um build a foundation off of or that is a foundation in itself, but but I believe that it is. And I believe that it's it's really a lot of what has energized this group um and continues to have them be really excited about what they're putting together even after games like yesterday. Um, where you turn the ball over three times. And again, being in the lead early on helps. Remember when we talked about in November, I was like, man, you know what? I think they would have won one or two of those games if they didn't turn it over right. without having a right. lead. Um, and they showed that they are capable of, in fact, doing that. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of different moving parts and, and different things and certainly fair to criticize. But I, I, I just don't think that, I think that I'm speaking to why they don't think that the wheels are even close to wobbling or, or falling off in that regard. Now you obviously want to be consistent through the playoffs. That's like number one thing is that you want to do um, and play consistently, if not better than consistent, have, you know, better than consistent play. Um, but, but I also think that, um, you know, I don't panic about stuff like that. If I'm a Rams fan, um, even though it's probably frustrating to watch because of some of the sort of story behind it and some of the depth behind um, what it actually is that they're doing. Yeah. To your point there, Jordan, I mean, the, the three turnovers yesterday, um, all of them came, each of them came with the Rams holding a 10 point lead. Uh, and, and that's a very different scenario than a couple of right. those earlier games in the season. I can't remember who the opponent was, but uh, you know, when you uh, one game, I, I think they gave up a touchdown to start the game, and then they threw an interception. I think San Francisco. I, I was gonna, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that, and and so you're, you're you're trailing, then you throw an interception, and, and the whole thing starts to feel like it's going off the rails. Um, and that's where you, that kind of seeps in, and I think sometimes it seeps into the play calling and, and everything else. But but when you when you're winning by ten, I think it allow you don't you don't ever want it to happen, but it at least allows you to take a step back. And go okay, it's not the end of the world. Still have a ten point lead or you know when they kick a field goal it's still a seven point lead uh so no need to panic no need to change the plan or anything like that so yeah i think when those when those uh turnovers come in the third quarter with a 10 point lead it's a very different scenario than uh the first quarter of a tie game or trailing uh and uh so yeah that's that's a very different in terms of the mindset in terms of the play calling i think it changes a, a, a lot um but yeah i, I think that's at, that's going to be the thing, Jordan. I mean, not not to put too fine a point on it, but it's 
a lot of this is just going to be how Matthew Stafford plays in the playoffs. And I know Captain Obvious there, but like, um, but it, you know, is, is he going to rise to that level? Is he going to be able to level off some of these um, mistakes that he makes? Because you, you can't put yourself in a hole in, in those kind of games. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. Um, there's a couple weeks left here, Jordan, just looking at this NFC. I mean, my goodness, uh, you know, we sit here, the, the Rams, as you said, 11 and four um, now atop the NFC West, still one game behind uh, Green Bay for first place overall. And of course, this year with the with the changes, that means uh, the only buy in the, in the first round uh, we go to Green Bay. It's going to be hard for the Rams to to get to that number one seed, even if things uh, even if they win the last two and this Green Bay um, has a stumble there. So. I don't know, Jordan. I mean, how do, how do we look at these last couple games of the season? Is it the goal, I assume, is is just to win the division, and that way you you assure yourself a, a home playoff game there, um, potentially two if you, if you get to the to the number two seed. Um, do you start looking at matchups? Do you care who you play in in the playoffs? Do you do you think about resting anybody, knowing the situation that the Rams might be in? Uh, it's it it. To, to me, my feeling is you just you just try to win the last two and see where everything shakes out. I don't think this year, with everything that's going on, I don't think you can try to engineer anything or try to you know try to work yourself into a certain matchup or anything like that. I, I think you just try to win the games and and hope you can stay healthy and and see where the cards fall. Yeah, I think um, kind of what we touched on earlier. The things that have worked for this group is simplifying certain areas when things are messy or chaotic um, or when adverse things happen. So I think that's really what they need to do here is just simplify, just, you know, try to win games, try to stay healthy and the rest of it will sort itself out and just keep trying to win games and keep trying to stay healthy. And yeah, it'd be great. I think for the Rams to, to, especially with these two long trips that they've had first Minnesota and then Baltimore coming up. Um, you definitely want to maybe start the postseason on your home field. Um, but again, if, again, if you try to win games and you stay healthy, that kind of takes care of itself at that point or it should. So you know, when there's all sorts of this like tangled web of scenarios and situationals and all this stuff, um, I do think that it's helpful for this team to draw back on what really did get it through December, um, which is take everything one day at a time and just kind of try to stay in this headspace and this mindset that they've clearly been in. Um, and you can kind of see it every time you talk to any of these guys or if you go back and watch the pressers, like you can see it. They're kind of just like, well, can't control anything about this except for what I'm doing today. So here we go, right, kind of a right. thing. And I think that's value right right about this time. That's a super valuable place to be in. Um, you know, in, in November, you know, I don't think that they, in the long term, you obviously think it's a great addition to have Odell to have Vaughn. Um, you obviously still think it's a bad loss to have Robert Woods gone, to have Sebastian Joseph Day gone. But it also was a chaos that they're they're figuring out and thinking about and there's all kinds of moving parts there's all kinds of stuff happening and you know all of this stuff and and you know when a very different but similar in that it's extremely chaotic situation happens in December they kind of went they turtled inward like they kind of just like turtled up a little bit and they went inward and they took things very methodically and I think that that made such a big difference and so I think um 
going approaching the postseason like that is going to be super important, super helpful. Um, again, it's really interesting how that sort of metaphorically shows up in the way that their run game is happening right now. Right. Someone should someone should write about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> um, but but it's really it's really interesting and and um, yeah, some exciting stuff down the stretch here, Rich. Um, I, I really want to get to these New Year's resolutions. Ah, though. yes. yes. Um, I saw some funny ones. I I figured you were going to read some of them today, so I saw some funny ones, and so I was like, okay, well, we want to make sure we take a couple minutes at the end there to to read those out because guys, like, you know. Our little rants and our little, you know, musings aside, like, man, we love you guys. Like, we just really enjoy doing this. This has been a year, but next time we do this, it will be the, this podcast. It will be the new year. So this is our final 11 personnel of 2021. I have not recovered from 2020 yet, so it's insane that it's almost 2022. Um, but man, what a year. Yeah. Man, this has been a crazy year. And yeah. what what a fun year in many ways, a hard year in many ways, an exhausting year in many ways. But I think all of those things at once, um, you build quite a life. So we really appreciate that we get to share parts of it with you guys. Um, Rich, I would love to insert a drum roll. I can't do it. I don't know how, but I'm going to... I'm going to mentally insert a drum roll yes. here as you get going on these Rams fans, Twitter, New Year's. Yeah, yeah, of here. course. We, we had some uh, some funny ones. Some of them uh, you you can imagine uh, the uh, the theme of them. A lot of them are involving running the ball more. But uh, yeah, a consistent uh, consistent QB play. I like this one. Uh, giving uh, wide receivers coach Eric Yarber a raise promotion and extension. Ooh, I like that one. Good for him. I like that, that that's one. A, good that's a good resolution. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, let Stafford know he can throw the ball away and doesn't need to force a completion. Ditch the blue pants. Uh, also a very, very popular one. <laughs> I know that was your yes, favorite one. Uh, everybody, uh, yeah, run the ball, wear the correct uniform combination, be better on special teams. I, I think that's, that's a good uh, resolution. Uh, don't pass six plays in a row. Okay, that that's a fair one, too. A lot of beat the 49ers. Uh, I think that's going to be a very, would be helpful. very big resolution <laughs> for the Rams uh, to start the season. Um, yeah, to, to run the damn ball. Yeah, run the damn ball came up a lot. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Rams fans, you, you can keep it going on, on Twitter. Um, I, I, I apologize for tagging Jordan. I, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you go on either one of our Twitter accounts, you can you can see the, uh, the thread there. But, yeah, I just want to... Certainly uh, second what what Jordan said, um, and hopefully everybody out there is uh, staying happy and healthy over over the holidays. It's it's good to have football. It's it's what it has always been. It's a good distraction for those of us who aren't in the world of it to to be able to enjoy something and. you know, hope that uh, that all these players who are involved, um, you know, stay healthy and, and get back on the field. Uh, want to have playoffs, want to have meaningful playoffs, want to have these teams at full strength. That's one thing that uh, I, I think everybody wants. You don't you don't want to have these rosters where guys are constantly going in and out and you don't know what's going to happen. That's not fun. Uh, even if even if you're the opponent, you, you want to have a, a game with with players at full strength. So Jordan, fascinated to see what happens. It, it, the Rams now have to go to Baltimore like you said the Ravens have lost four games in a row three of them were really really tight games they haven't had Lamar Jackson they're still hanging in there in the playoff race that AFC wildcard race is is really something the Ravens are sitting there at eight and seven they're only a game out of first place in the, the excuse me the AFC North 
And then they're really in this logjam of, of teams that are either nine and six or eight and seven, or even uh, Miami sitting there at seven and seven, the Steelers at seven and seven. So uh, a lot to play for if you're if you're the Baltimore Ravens, probably pretty much a must win game uh, Sunday against the Rams. And the Rams, of course, want to keep it going. They have this momentum uh, from from December. Uh, they're, they're where they want to be largely on both sides of the ball. They have the division title right in front of them if they can win these last two games. So Jordan, I know you will be all over it as usual. Uh, You can follow along, of course, at The Athletic on our app, on our website. Great coverage from Jordan. Again, go read her column, The Pile, that was posted last night. You can uh, read it now and and give you a great recap of what happened in that game. And, of course, follow along every day on Twitter, at Jordan Rodrigue. Of course, there'll be injury updates later on today throughout the week. Um, And, uh, of course... If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, first of all, you're missing out because Jordan has been producing amazing stuff all season. Um, So if you haven't jumped on board yet, please do so right now. And you can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Sign up today and you get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount you guys you get a great discount my favorite thing in the world uh and still is as we exit 2021 um if you subscribe to the athletic through the 11 personnel podcast you receive my favorite thing in the world which is a great discount um want to say that uh we are having kind of an amazing year in terms of uh, the subscriptions rolling in um particularly you know in this market and if you know fans are just so engaged and awesome. Um, really, really want to thank you guys for that because, again, you know, I see that stuff and that just that doesn't happen without you guys being who you are and just wanting to learn more about your team and wanting to interact and engage um, and have what I think is the best comment section on the internet. Um, it, it's been pretty incredible to watch. Um, it's just been really fun to grow with you guys and uh it's been awesome so really really grateful for that make sure you go check out all of our fantastic work over theathletic.com which you of course get with access to your subscription i think we have a deal running already but if you miss it you can always get a great discount by subscribing to the athletic through the 11 personal podcast make sure you're following me on twitter at jordan rodriguez follow rich hammond at rich underscore hammond do not respond to any of his tweets in which he asks somehow to get someone to tell me about fantasy, to tell me to answer a fantasy football question. Um, you can go ahead and ignore those or mute those tweets. Um, but other than that, we sure appreciate it, guys. And we will catch you in 2022.